and welcome back to the Kick and Post podcast with your host Otto DeVries and Amal Thompson. Yay! And uh, we're gonna kick it off uh, today's episode by talking about some free agency offensive moves that uh, teams have made over the last two weeks. Um, Amal, you can uh, start it off. I um I figured we'd go into like the most impactful signings based on our standards, based on what we're watching. A combination of fantasy and just real football signing. Um, one of the ones that stick out to me to begin is New England giving Cam another year of full offseason. They signed him for one year, $14 million with incentives. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they're planning to further create a playbook around him, or is he just a safety blanket? We'll have to wait and see what they do in um, the draft, in my opinion, but I feel like it kind of came as a shock based on his play last year, um, him getting pulled from the later end of games at the back end of the year. He did start the year off pretty decently the first two games before he got diagnosed with COVID and got pulled, but I felt like they were probably going to go in a new direction, and they re-signed him. Um, what is your thoughts on that one? Uh, I, I actually do not like it whatsoever. Um, Cam Newton is not the Cam Newton we all once loved and I think he is a placeholder kind of like the Chiefs with did with uh, Alex Smith from Mahomes yeah it'll be that they're gonna I think they definitely draft a quarterback in the first round okay um, so what are you predicting are you saying like this is just again if they don't get the guy they want in the first round or if the guy needs to develop a little bit in the offseason that Cam will be kind of that a safety net for the team so they won't be running Stidham out there because I think they realized Stidham was not it. Yeah, I, I well, I think Cam plays the whole year this year. Okay, but he's gotten next. Like he'll sign somewhere else as a backup, or maybe maybe he has a good year. But I think the Patriots will definitely move on from him after this year. So, do you think it's somewhat of a? I don't want to say wasted year, but if you're planning on putting a new QB behind center, and you know the type of QB Cam is, is the aim for them to sign? someone that will fit that mold, or are they going to just revert back to what they've usually done in the past with their QBs, where the QB makes short passes, smart decisions, and they kind of try to play yeah, on the playmakers. Just play the reads, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it would be beneficial for them to run a whole different offense with Cam, like whatever offense they ran this year. Mm. If they ran that offense with Cam, I mean, they already – we'll go into it a little bit later with their uh, – signings but like they, they they got more playmakers uh hunter henry uh what's the other one J- um johnny smith johnny John smith and uh kendrick Bourne. i that's my boy yeah. but um i think moving forward uh they could go back to the tom brady style offense um cam cam can't really make those throws i mean or he would be and he would be great you know I think they are gonna. Uh, so they are if, doing if, what you're if saying, they yeah. ran like more of a, a Ravens offense, right? Mm. More run heavy, and then the next year people won't have that like that look. They it'll be more of a question mark moving into the next year. You know. I get what you're saying, but my only question is: they've been the busiest team in free agency, no doubt. They've been throwing their money around, and they have not thrown money at the running back position. So it it, it begs to ponder: like, if they don't think he can make the throws, why spend? all that money I'm looking at the contracts now on Spotrack they're spending pretty decent money on two tight ends they overpay Nelson Aguilar and then they bring in Kendrick Bourne it's like they're trying to give him weapons to throw to so if if he doesn't do well there's no excuse in that area and it looks like they're trying to revive the two tight end sets that they used to run with um Hernandez and Gronk back in the day I mean, I definitely see your point. Uh, not a lot of people like spending money on running backs, though. Understood. I mean, but Sony's been I mean, hurt. Unless, look- actually, let me take a step back because Damian Harris did start to come into his own at the later end of the year, so maybe they're seeing what they have there, and there's also still the draft where you could go get somebody cheaper. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the running back free agency market this year was not great. It was kind of littered with guys who are a little bit older, has, have taken a little bumps and bruises. Um, 
exactly like the Con- the James Connors of the world and the Chris Carsons of the world. I mean, they, Mike Davis, Mike Davis, Kenyon Drake. Drake. Yeah, they yeah. they didn't have like elite running backs entering the market. Um, so I, I get why you'd kind of save your money on that one. I'm looking Samaj P. Ryan. I mean, Philip Lindsay would have been a nice flyer, but okay, yeah. we'll see. Twenty-seven years old though. How much do you want to pay him? You're right. You're right. But based on what he signed for, you know, it doesn't look like it was out of reach. I mean, I, I trust Bill Belichick's moves. It's just interesting to see him splash that much money in the market, especially on somebody like Aguilar. But all right, my my beginning big signing was Cam. If you want to go ahead and lead off with which one you thought was most influential that you saw. Um, mine is not a new move as well. It's uh. To re-signing a one-year, eight million, uh, Juju, mm. staying with the Steelers. Okay. Uh, I think a lot of people expected him. Even he expected himself to be out of Pittsburgh. Um, through like a poll, like he even liked it. Mm-hmm. On I think it was Instagram. It was an Instagram poll, Instagram. and it was like, "Will he be here or will he be gone?" And he he picked, um, "I'm out of here" or something like that. Yeah. So I mean, obviously he's taking a pay cut to play another season there. It's only a one-year deal, so he could be gone next year. Um, I think that is a good move if they're trying to win now. Um, but I think it stunts kind of the development of Claypool or whatever Deontay Johnson's gonna was gonna try and be uh, Washington. I mean, I don't think they really needed to keep him. Okay. But I'm not against the move, and I also like that it blocks it blocks him from being on like the Chiefs or something like that. I think I would regard that move as one of the more surprising moves, for sure. Everything was pointing to him being on a different team. Um, him coming back to Pittsburgh for less money, it, it kind of gives me ideas like, is he trying to reset the market? Because this wide receiver class that went out wasn't like elite. There were a couple guys in there. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't crazy, right? Yeah, there, were Gall- there was Kenny Galladay out there. He was like the big fish, pretty much. Allen Robinson got the tag um, and signed yeah, his tender. Well, well, Fuller took a one-year deal also. So I'm wondering if these guys are taking advantage of the lower cap, just getting a contract out there and waiting for the cap to reset post-COVID. I feel like that's what the plan is, to go and get your money post-COVID. Yeah. Because you're not going to be able to get as big of a contract. Some receivers went out and got their money, though. I mean, Corey Davis, he took... He took a, a deal with the Jets. Yeah, and then you, you again, we mentioned Galladay. He took a deal with the Giants... Um, yeah. For yeah, for more money, Curtis Samuel got offense. a good payday too, for his production from Washington. Yeah. So money was out there for Juju. So it's interesting to see that he took less money and stayed home. Um, I know the Ravens were being floated out there for offering him more as well, as you said, the Chiefs. So maybe the Niners were interested. The Niners were interested. So maybe it is a thing where he either felt like he should have stayed home for the discount. Or he felt like he could reset the market next year if he has a better year this year. But I agree. That was definitely one of the more interesting signings as well. Um, so I'll just, I'll just double up and uh, kind of piggyback off what you were saying. Kenny Galladay signed a four-year deal mm-hmm. uh, with the Giants. I think that'll tremendously uh, improve Daniel Jones and what he's able to do. Um, big guy runs fast I mean like he was throwing a Darius Slayton a 32 year old Golden Tate mm-hmm. Evan Ingram who can't catch but or stay healthy what do you think so I was looking at it and it was like I think more than anything this puts the pressure on Daniel Jones because there's no excuses anymore they gave him a one again um, which Barkley will be back too yeah Barkley comes back um, they spent a little money on the O-line last year. I'm not sure if they've done anything this year. Um, and then all the guys that were in roles that they ne- they shouldn't necessarily be playing get moved back to roles that fit them a little bit better. So Sterling playing a secondary role, he was pretty good in that role when Odell was there. Um, Slayton as being pretty, pretty much an ex-guy who you don't ask to do much, you just send him up the field. And Engram just being kind of like, the third to fourth option, I feel, fits better than where all these guys were playing before. And they got Golden Tate out of there. So 
it's a it's a year to show and prove because it's a decisionary year. Like if it doesn't if he doesn't show out at least numbers wise with the weapons he has, they're gonna start looking at this upcoming draft class, which shouldn't be too horrible, but there's guys in there that could definitely replace him. They also brought in John Ross, you know, the the forty yard dash phenom. The speedster. The speedster. Yeah. And when he was healthy instance he was really good in the red zone for the Bengals so that's another weapon that he has coming out of the slot or in some gadgetary form or something so it'll be interesting to see what he does on that offense but it is time to show and prove from a fantasy perspective people still don't really believe I feel like I'm still seeing offers where he's going for fairly cheap I did a startup dynasty draft recently and um I was able to get him in like the 15th round almost so People still have to are, are waiting on the you know wait and prove like you have to show me first, but I do believe, based on what we saw the first couple games when he hopped on the field against like Tampa, that there's potential there. It's just really be able to unlock it completely, and he has weapons to do it now. So if it's not this year, he could start that that seat's gonna get a little bit hotter. There'll probably be some competition coming in. Okay. Okay. Um. Would you like to move into your next pick, next uh, impactful signing? I mean, staying in that division, um, Washington signed the journeyman, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Was it a one-year deal, $12 million? I, Yeah. Yeah. One, yeah, one-year, $10 million. Yeah. I think that is a very, very good signing for Washington. They didn't invest too heavily into the quarterback market they pick somebody who he's very hot and cold at times but has the potential to unlock that offense because you have a a wide receiver one on that team Terry McLaurin you have Logan Thomas who's a pretty solid tight end coming into his own you go out and you sign Curtis Samuel yeah he is a backup quarterback as well you go out and sign Curtis Samuel you have is it Antoine Gibson Am I saying that right? I think it's Antonio Gibson. Antonio. Antonio Gibson, who is pretty electric on the field. I say makes sharp cuts, elusive, and showed out pretty McKissick much in his also rookie out of the year. McKissick out of the backfield and also playing in the slot a lot. So you have quite a, quite a few playmakers on that side of the ball. And what really held him back, unfortunately, last year was quarterback play. And Alex Smith came in and did well enough, but we all know that Fitz has this gunslinger mentality about him. So it'll be interesting to see how this offense operates under Fitz. I'm glad that Fitz got another chance to start because he did well in Miami for the couple years he was there. Um, right. I felt like they took him out a little bit early to, to put so Tua in. But when you invest in a guy like that, you kind of want to see what you have. I understand it. But I felt like Miami would have had way better opportunity to make a run in the playoffs if they kept Fitz as their starting quarterback. Um, the, uh, b- before we jump the gun on Fitzpatrick, though, I mean Taylor Heineke balled out in his playoff game. This is true. I don't think I, I don't think it's just a, a straight up oh Fitz you're our starter now. I think that's more of a competition deal. I think I think Heineke, I mean he has his bid in. You know, didn't they give he him a contract too? In, in a big moment after the season? Yeah. So I believe so. They gave an they extension. gave him an extension worth some money to keep him around. So, yeah, I think, if anything, it'll breed some healthy quarterback competition. Um, I just feel like, from what we've seen from Fitz year after year, again, he's hot and cold, but when he's hot, he could put your team on the map. And that team has a defense that's ready to make a run already. I think they're pretty solid on that end of the ball. And if they could unlock the offensive side, I think they'd still be the favorite to come out of that division, um, personally. But, yeah, I liked the Fitzpatrick signing a lot. Um you're a homer. I figured you'd be throwing out a signer, um, a Niner signing, I should say, as uh, one of yours. Coming. But I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna and let you go ahead and, and it's order. right now. Yeah, go ahead. Um, two actually, two big offensive line signings for the Niners. We got Trent Williams back with the team. Um, we all know what he can do. Uh, number one PFF ranked left tackle. If you guys like PFF, if you don't, whatever. Um, locked him up to the the. Most lucrative left tackle deal in NFL history by a hundred thousand dollars, wasn't it? Yep, six <laughs> years. Um, and then we got a new center too, 
uh, Alex Mack, who allowed one sack in 633 pass pa- pass blocking attempts. Ooh. I, I know so Jimmy's thanking his stars it. for that one. He are, he's already familiar with Shanahan's run game as well, uh, from when Kyle was a offense coordinator for the Falcons. Okay. So. Big signings for the boys. I mean, can't wait to see uh, Mostert run behind them. <laughs> you think Mostert holds the position as starter going forward? Yes, sir. You don't think they? Unless we're drafting. Somebody. I was about to say you don't think they bring anybody in the draft or um, Jeff Wilson gets a shot at being the starter. Oh, I mean, we run a committee anyway. That's true. That is true. Mostert will definitely be the guy, in my opinion. Obviously. Not with the team, but yeah. One thing I Mostert plays, Mostert scores. He's fast, electric. He just gets hurt. Yes. So yeah. One thing I have to ask issue. though, like because people forget what what Forty ers teams actually over there because of all the injuries they were littered with last year. Um. Oh man, let them sleep. Let them sleep. Yeah, we're terrible. This team should. The Bucks are gonna repeat, man. This team should have been. With the record they had, put it that way, I think they had the most salary cap on IR, probably in league history. It was to like be honest, ninety million at one yeah. point. Yeah, and with them yeah. making these minor signings, they're flying under the radar, but they're not losing anyone. I mean, Kendrick Bourne was a little bit of a loss because he was an up and comer, but that wide receiving core is getting pretty solid. Yeah, that wide receiving core is getting pretty solid, so it'd be hard to get them on the field. They have Debo, they have Ayuk. I'm pretty sure they're probably going to make a move in the draft again since they lost Bourne, but they lost Pettis, too. I think Pettis went to the Giants. Did you guys do that last year, or was that this offseason? Yeah, that was last year. We we waived him. Yeah, who underperformed. He messed up too many times. Yeah, 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 but they're flying under the radar, but they're a team that's solidly coached, didn't really lose anybody essential. Um, Might lose Richard Sherman, but I feel like he's a little bit past his prime anyway. Uh, yeah, but- Richard Sherman's gone. We'll, we'll definitely get into more uh, defensive signings in a, another uh, episode. Yeah, the, that side of the ball. But I feel like they and are then, definitely going to make some noise if they're able to, again, stay healthy because they should have been making noise again last year. But it's all about health. Yeah, just a little uh, sprinkle in for the Niners on defense. <laughs> Nick Bosa's coming back. This is true. You must have forgotten. Whatever. We'll see. We'll see what comes of it. I feel like they'll be a little bit active on draft day as well. They've been um, a few times where they've been connected to guys like Travis Etienne, but it doesn't really fit the mold of committee backs. I feel like so. We'll see. I feel like they'll they'll make some move on draft day as well. But um, moving on from that, next move I thought was pretty interesting <clears throat> was Chicago bringing in a new starting quarterback. Chicago. Assumed. They signed Andy Dalton to a one-year deal. It was one yeah, year, ten million. They let Trubisky walk, who I thought was um on a tender where they could match, but no, they just let him walk, and they brought in Andy Dalton for one year to be their starter, presumably. Um, he'll go into a quarterback battle with Nick Foles to lead that team. Um, that still has a pretty solid defense. Hopefully, in their eyes, deeper in the playoffs. Uh, what do you think about that one? All right, so uh, they let they let Trubisky walk. He signed a one year deal, two point five million. I would have I would have matched that. I think Trubisky's better than two point five million. Um, they paid Andy Dalton ten million. They did. I don't understand that whatsoever. Andy Dalton is not worth. He Andy Dalton isn't even a starting quarterback, like caliber quarterback. Not that Trubisky is, but I'm taking Trubisky over Andy Dalton. I'm, what what did Andy Dalton do in Dallas with those weapons? That was like, oh, yeah, let's let's sign this guy. He he might solve our problem. Like, if you can't get it done with uh, C.D. Lamb, Amari uh, Cooper, Gallup, Zeke, what am I missing? I feel like it was a bit of a a last resort signing. I felt like they pushed all their chips in, on the table to try to get Russ in a trade, 
and when they didn't get Russ in a trade, they wanted to bring in somebody, anybody, to give fans hope of some sort because bringing back Trubisky year after year when he was underperforming was kind of getting to the fan base and probably the locker room, to be honest. I don't think Andy Dalton fixes that issue, but it, it gives them the ability to be like, see, we're trying to find somebody. He has pedigree. He's been to the playoffs multiple times with the Bengals. Granted, they didn't really win a game when they got to the playoffs, but he has pedigree. It's not they didn't, they didn't really win a game. They did not win a game. This is true. Um, but to see that Trubisky was out on the open market and could only get a backup deal is also very telling. Um, for him to be able great to, signing for the Bills. It, w- it is a solid signing. Definitely for the Bills. A step, a step up from Matt Barkley. One hundred percent. And if Josh Allen goes down, Trubisky will at least be able to use his athleticism to get around and run that offense not completely into the ground. So. Yeah, the, the Bills are well coached, and Trubisky can run. Yes. He didn't run that much in Chicago, but that man can run, not not like Josh Allen, but efficiently enough that he can take off. Exactly. He'll keep himself in games with his legs at least. So to go from that to Andy Dalton, who's pretty stationary, um, looks way beyond his prime, and give him less weapons, I didn't really see the signing. Um, making much sense, but I understand the reasoning behind it. It's just unfortunate that they build this entire team up, uh, give Khalil Mack all that money, and it's going to be a waste of his career, it looks like. But I mean, they're they're making those moves, yet they're cutting Kendall Fuller. Because they can't pay him. Uh, yeah, I don't understand it. There must be like some more stuff that uh, is like more in depth in contracts and stuff like that, but I I don't understand it. I agree. I agree. There there has to be something else going on. Um, again, I was in the in a superflex QB um, league where you know quarterback position is pretty pretty important. And Andy Dalton did he go? Yep. Andy Dalton went in the 12th round. That's the same league where I got Daniel Jones on the 10th. My mistake, but Andy Dalton's getting drafted ahead of guys like Cam and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, got drafted. I don't blame the Cam Newton one. Got drafted way ahead of Sammy Darnold. Got drafted way ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, in this league, I got Jimmy at the 16-9. Well, see, for those two, you don't even know if they're going to be the starting quarterback. I mean that is the risk you take. Jimmy is more Jimmy is more clear. I think Jimmy will be the starting quarterback. That's what John John Lynch has said. But people are saying the Jets are going to take Zach Wilson. They say they're they're drafting a quarterback. Like they're not going to draft a uh what is his name? Panay? Pene? Yeah, Sewell? the the um generational talent out of Oregon. Do you think he's a mm-hmm. tackle? Yeah. Yeah, left tackle. Um this is true, but I feel like Darnold's value, especially in fantasy, is still pretty locked in because he won't just end up on the streets. Even if yeah, they draft Zach Wilson, I feel like the Patriots come in and swoop in and offer a second or something like that. He'll end up on somebody's team, somebody's roster. Um, Atlanta could come in and offer a second-round pick, have him a year behind Matt Ryan, deal Matt Ryan, or let Matt Ryan walk at the end of that year. I feel like he'll get at least a second chance in the league. Yeah, he's not like Josh Rosen. No. He's shown or, enough in spurts where you're like, you can still blame it on other factors. Like, oh, the offensive line needed work. Oh, you play for the Jets. Oh, he played for the Jets. Oh, he played under um, Googly Eyes. What's his name again? Marvin Lewis? No. <laughs> not, not Marvin Lewis. The dude who's apparently an offensive genius because Peyton keeps giving him recommendations. And no matter what teams he goes to, he just ends up stinking up the joint. Got fired after his horrible year with the Jets this year. Can't remember his name. The head coach. Oh, Adam Gase. Yeah, Adam Gase. That could be one of the big factors of him getting a second chance. They're going to be like, oh, he played under Gase. Like, if we get him under hey, the right my, guy. My guy's the head coach there now. Yep, Robert Sala. So, we'll see. I think he'll get an out of the opportunity. Hey, gas, no breaks, man. I feel like if you're in fantasy football, and especially dynasty, Drafting Andy Dalton ahead of Sammy Darnold is 
unless you have a team that you built that's ready to compete this year and you just need a guy to fill your bench, that's kind of a rough move if you ask me. Invest in youth and, and potential value rather than just like, okay, it's a one-year deal. He's throwing to Allen Robinson. He'll get me enough points. I feel like you have to play it kind of like the market. Would you invest in a dying stock or a stock on the rise or a stock that has the potential to rise? It's a little bit more risky, but to each his own. Any other um, signings grabbed your eye? Um, I got two, um, both with major fantasy implications. And Kenyon Drake to the Raiders mm. and Marlon Mack actually re-signing with the Colts. Okay. Um, so we'll jump in to Kenyon Drake first. But that move really puzzles me because Josh Jacobs is – I mean, he's supposed to be the guy. He's the workhorse. He has been since he's gotten there. He hasn't been terrible at catching the ball. Um, to bring in a like a twenty-seven-year-old running back, especially, I mean, Kenyon Drake came off a good year, I'd say, with Arizona, but nothing like too special. Why pay him five and a half million a year? You know. Yeah. And for fantasy, that really brings down Josh Jacobs' value from maybe. Uh, late first round, early second round, maybe to back end second, uh, third round. Because you really don't know how they're going to use him. I assume he's still going to be one, two down back, probably definitely the goal line back. But I don't know. What do you think? So um, I had Drake on a couple rosters, and I was hoping he'd end up on a team that needed a starter. Um, when the signing happened, it puzzled me for a few reasons. One, they wanted to move off of Mariota as their backup because they would have to pay him $8 million. Um, They asked him to take a pay cut to bring in Kenyon Drake and pay him 5.5 when you already have Jacobs there. Now, I was never a big Josh Jacobs fan um, when he entered the league because I felt like he didn't get that much workload at Alabama. I understand the running back room's loaded. And um, a lot of the things that were expected of him coming in at that high of a pick I just didn't I didn't see it because I didn't get to see that much film on it. It was like short spurts. First year, he produced decently well. Second year, it looks like he'd come in, do enough. If he didn't score touchdowns, you weren't really getting those points. And he'd also get hurt, so you'd have to worry about when you could play him. I did think they would allow him, though, to try to get his legs underneath him again for a third year, give him an op- another opportunity. But if they are bringing in someone like Drake, they know something we don't know. Either they don't believe he can hold up the whole year, or they feel like having a two-back system would do them way better than trying to make Maybe him a workhorse. The, the risk of injury, too. Both guys are like backs that didn't play that much in college, and they seem to be better on a fresher tank. If you saw Kenyon Drake's run at the back end of the year two years ago with Arizona, he didn't play that much to begin the year in Miami. Gets to Arizona, fresh legs, back end of the year goes crazy in fantasy this year it was up and down there were even moments where they were splitting he was splitting time with chase Edmonds, almost 50 50 so yeah but he also did get hurt that's true that's true but they were sprinkling in some chase Edmonds right before he got the toe injury um right maybe keeping both guys on the roster josh and drake they could both have about 14 to 15 touches a game now from a fantasy perspective that is horrible to have to deal with, to figure out who you could play, um, if you have to play them both, who's going to get the goal line work. You're going to have to pay a lot more attention to how the in-game flow goes. But in this startup, Josh Jacobs fell all the way to the 3-7 in Dynasty. I don't feel like that's a bad place to invest in him at all. But yeah. younger backs like Swift went ahead of him, Cam Akers went ahead of him, um, Aaron Jones went ahead of him. But he still got taken ahead of guys like Antonio Gibson, Clyde, um, Miles Sanders, Eckler. So there's still belief there in the fantasy community, at least. But me personally, I was never a big Josh Jacobs truther. This really moves him down on my board as well. I feel like I would take Clyde ahead of him. I would take Miles Sanders ahead of him. I would take Eckler ahead of him. Even though Eckler has those goal line problems, too, where they like to sprinkle in some Kelly on the goal line. Um... I would even take James Robinson ahead of him, who seems to still not be getting the trust from um, fantasy pundits, at least. But it was a really surprising Doesn't signing. Doesn't have my trust. Yeah, I understand it. You know, undrafted, one year with a 
bad quarterback. We'll see how he plays if Jacksonville takes who they're supposed to take it 1-1. But you're right. That Kenyon Drake signing was quite a bit puzzling. Moving on to the Max Mac re-signing. I have to see how he looks coming off the Achilles injury. The last few running backs that have come back from that injury have not been able to find their form. Um, Deontay Foreman, who is way younger. Uh, Lamar Miller had that injury too, He's didn't he? He's basically out of the league. Uh, he tore his ACL. Oh, it was ACL? Okay. In pre- yeah, in preseason, I believe. But the Achilles injury seems to be a pretty decent killer for running backs speci- specifically. I haven't really heard of many guys making a huge return to form after suffering that injury. If he does come back full strength, I do believe it won't be as split as evenly as Oakland will, but he will take some work from Taylor. Does that concern me? A bit. If I'm playing redraft, I do dial back my expectations. I don't take him in the top five or the top ten possibly, maybe back into the top ten. But if I'm playing Dynasty and it's a startup draft, I still consider him a top five pick because I don't think Mac makes it much further past this year if he decides he wants to go be a starting running back or if he wants more touches because as time passes, Taylor's just going to come more into his own and get more touches and Mac's going to be more in the back, kind of like a Mark Ingram type deal where he starts off as the pounder for the Saints, Kamara comes into his own, they move on from him, then he starts off as the pounder for the Ravens, Dobbins starts showing that he, he can handle the touches and then they pretty much start healthy scratching him. I see it as that type of situation for Mac. Do you uh, do you think the trade between the Eagles and the Colts, uh, the Carson Wentz trade, affects either of their fantasy outputs? Um, 100%. Uh, we have to go back and see how Reich coached Carson and coached those backs when he was in the Eagles um, head coaching position. Um, Josh Taylor is not a horrible pass catcher. He's decent at catching the ball in the backfield. Um, he's not as elusive as people thought he would be, but he has a decent enough line where if he hits the right hole, it's it's wheels up. You have to try to catch him. Um, Mac is a good um, pass catcher as well. So is Hines. So it all depends on the type of offense Reich wants to run. If Reich decides that he's, running, I don't think Hines goes away. I don't think Hines goes away either. But I do believe Hines gets dramatically less touches if Matt comes back 100% healthy. But again, we have to wait and see. You know, they're saying he's progressing well in training camp. But that's that injury is no joke, for especially for running backs who rely so much on being explosive and shifty and cutting. Yeah. Well, only time will tell with that, uh, obviously – once the season starts, maybe even preseason, we'll see who, who's getting the starter reps in preseason. Oh, yeah. If there is going to be preseason this year, you know, with COVID and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think I think Taylor is great, especially with, like, no OTAs and all that other stuff preparing for the season. I think he really came into the league with a strong showing. Other people might disagree. But from a real football perspective, he was he wasn't getting the right wasn't getting a good yards per carry average to begin. Um, but he was still averaging roughly eighty yards a game. Um the from a yeah. fantasy standpoint. He, he did have a fumble issue too, right? That is, yeah, he had a couple games where he kinda disrupted um drives that were being made with just careless fumbles. Not even ones where it's like, okay, you can see it. It was just not positioning his hands well or trying to do a little bit too much to force the issue but that comes with being you know a young back where you could just go full tilt all you want in college he had to learn to slow the game down a little bit when he got to the league but he averaged a good yards per game average a lot of times fantasy wise his games didn't look as well because he wasn't scoring touchdowns but in the back end of the year where he was able to get more of those red zone carries he did show his worth and why a lot of people have him as a top five dynasty dynasty back top five asset almost and we'll just see where it goes from here i feel like even bringing mac in doesn't push him that far back it's not like the jacob situation where they went out of their way to find somebody to put in that backfield to compete with them the person was already there they just gave him a chance to recover and 
be be on board again. I think it's really big for Carson Wentz also to have that type of back and that type of offensive line. I know it's not a free agency signing, but it's really big for that team. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see the Colts this year. One hundred percent. A lot of question marks that'll be answered. Uh, what's it, what's gonna be it like with that division? Obviously, with Watson being in the situation he's in, the Titans kind of being. I don't know. They didn't really lose anybody. Haven't really heard anything about them. Consistency. Obviously, they lost Corey Davis, but we'll see if they can keep it up. And then obviously with the one hundred one, uh, Trevor Lawrence most likely. Everyone believes new head coach in Jacksonville. See how that division shapes up. I'm concerned with the Urban Meyer coaching decision that with those Ohio State ties, he might lean into <laughs> getting a dual threat quarterback. Um, even though Trevor Lawrence does have wheels, yeah, Lawrence does have wheels, but he doesn't get the same credit for being a dual threat as um, Justin does because Justin Justin's feels. faster. Um, but I'm a little bit worried that Urban Meyer will reach for Justin Fields because he feels like he could he could coach him into what he needs him to be. And that would be very depressing as a Jags fan because I feel way more strongly about Trevor Lawrence as a starting quarterback, at least in his first year, especially like being NFL ready than Justin Fields is. Just especially from a passing perspective. But time will tell. Yeah, I don't think they messed that up. I would hope not. You have one chance. Everybody everybody knows who should be the first pick. I disagree with it. You know who I am. I like uh, Zach Wilson. But whatever. I mean, I don't think I don't think the Jags messed that up. The front office will persuade Urban if he actually even makes that claim. I know he was at the Clemson Ohio State game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not the best showing for Trevor Lawrence. No. But. It wasn't the best showing for Trevor Lawrence at all. And his it, team got blitzed. And it did show that Justin Fields has heart. But if you looked at a lot of those passes, they were solid. But the guys weren't getting covered super tightly. You know? Like, guys were. Like, Olave and guys were blowing past DBs. Um. Yeah, so hypothetically, right? Yes. They draft Lawrence correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, their pass catchers moving forward are Marvin Jones, yes, Philip Dorsett. Ooh. Uh, they lost Chris Conley. Mm-hmm. I know Ke- uh, Keelan Cole is still yet to sign anywhere. No, he signed with the Jets. Um, oh, he did. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so he's gone. Yes. What do you, What do you think about that? As a Jags fan, I've watched enough of Chris Conley to know that losing him, he he had spurts of inconsistency. So he'd have games where he shows out for you, but there's a lot of games where he's dropping really catchable balls. Um, he never came into his own, I feel like, at any point in the league. So he's a loss. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to put Marvin Jones in that spot, I would take Jones over him uh, going forward. 31-year-old receiver, but I feel like he still has quite a bit in the tank. And he's shown the ability to be quite electric on the field still um pretty sure you had a four td game last year right or three td game um i can i can speak on that i know it was it was a i don't know if it was nationally televised but he had a three td quarter um i mean first half against i think the vikings last year so he still has that potential to blow up um the philip dorsett signing i'm a little bit i wish we would have kept keelan cole over him I'd have to look at the contracts and see what kind of money Keelan Cole is one one year 5.5 million and let me see the Chris Conley one you mean the Dorset one that's those are the two yeah Dorset one excuse me um they haven't they haven't released the number ah okay yeah yeah I would have I would have preferred to keep Keelan Cole um I know he also underproduced, but he had his spurts, and Philip Dorsett hasn't shown me enough to make me believe that he's a better receiver necessarily than Keelan Cole. Um, personally, the guy I'm kind of sad we missed out on, um, if he was going for this price, 
was Brashad Perriman, one year, $2.5 million, um, with somebody with Trevor Lawrence's arm talent um, and accuracy to put Brashad Perriman on one side, uh, Marvin Jones on the other, run LaVisca out of the slot, maybe draft somebody else. I would have loved that combination of talent more than Philip Dorsett on one side, Marvin Jones on the See, other. I think Dorsett had a really good running uh, with the Patriots. I mean... As a number three receiver. Yeah, but do you know where he played Edelman, last year? Gordon and no, no, no. Talking about two years ago. I know that's what I'm saying, but do you even know where he played last year? Yeah. Uh, he was on the Seahawks. Yeah. Was he not? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even but know. They don't. The they don't have enough. Yeah, but they have a they have a better receiving room than most. Oh yeah, for sure. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. But like David Moore, that third receiver role was there for like at least competition, and he couldn't win out. I don't know. It's just like yeah. I get it uh, to an extent, depending on how much he signed for. I have to see that number. But if it's less than Keelan, I would have preferred. I would have preferred to keep Keelan if Keelan was willing to stay. Um, and with Bashard taking two point five to play for the Detroit, if you could have gotten Bashard Perriman for three million, I would have taken that. I know he has issues with health and consistency for sure, but I feel like somebody of that caliber to give Trevor to throw the ball to. Even though um, Deshaun Jackson in his later years, I would take over him. It's just, again, the health issue. But Deshaun didn't sign for that much either going to the Rams. What was his contract? Yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to look it up. I'm looking right now. But, um... I think that is a great signing for the Rams. Yeah. An over-the-top threat. I mean, not that Cooper Cup and Robert Woods didn't have the speed to get down there. Deshaun Jackson can stay healthy and can really really be that deep threat for Matthew Stafford moving forward. I mean, we I mean, Matthew Stafford was great year. at hitting the deep ball. He is. Yeah. We watched what happened last year. He's great year. at hitting the deep ball with uh, Galladay. Different, obviously, receiver build, but, you know. We watched Deshaun be out most of the year, come back for one game, catch an eighty yarder, and then go right out again. He has yeah, the it's tough. He has I mean, that talent. It's just staying healthy. He still has that speed. Injury after injury. Yeah. So to see to see him go, they don't have a price. He's thirty five, so we're we're coming up on his later years. But to if we could assign him to a one year deal just to have somebody for Lawrence to air it out to, I would have taken that over Dorsett. You know, but again, he might make me eat my words, and who knows? He's assigning maybe for protection too, because we we have picks coming up in this round, this first round. Maybe we make a splash and go for a try to get a wide receiver one, or just somebody to pair with Lavishka, and have those guys be security blankets. This is a pretty deep wide receiver class, after all. Yeah, I mean, I think. Um... I think moving forward, it'll, it'll be good. Uh, good. Good stuff for, for the Jags, regardless of who they missed out on. I think I think they got who they wanted, I think. Yeah. I think the Marvin Jones signing um, surprised me, but I'm glad we got him, for sure. Um, very big for the team. Oh, yeah, you could trade for him in, in, in fantasy, man. I have him. He's available. I don't know if, you, if I have the pieces to make that work, but we might make something happen. <laughs> Um, so Corey Davis leaves the Titans, Deshaun Jackson to the Rams, and that leaves Josh Reynolds, the odd man out in Tennessee. Yes. To sign with Tennessee. And I think as a number two, Josh Reynolds is going to be amazing. Really? He never really got that opportunity for the Rams. He was also competing against, um, that rookie out of Florida. Van Jefferson. Uh, Florida. Yeah. Van Jefferson. Um, I think, as the number two, I mean, not that they're a very throw-heavy team, but if uh, A.J. Brown gets hurt, he'll be the number one. I think he'll definitely step up in a, in a big way. I always liked his route running. Didn't really see a lot of dropped passes when I watched the Rams. Granted, that was only, obviously, the playoffs, times they play the Niners, and if they had, had a primetime game. But... I like the signing for uh, the Titans, for sure. From a perspective of team building, doesn't it seem like they're going to draft a wide receiver? 
Um, I don't know what picks they have. That's the thing. Like, because we're we're looking at AJ Brown and Josh Reynolds, and they haven't really made any other significant moves. I mean, they still have Adam Humphreys there, but I feel like they're gonna be back looking for wide receiver in the draft. I feel like a few teams are gonna have to look at the draft again to to see if they could add to their receiving core. Because you either have aging guys or you have teams who lost players and didn't really restock the way you thought they would. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, let me let me look up uh, what picks they have this year. Yeah, go ahead. Do that for sure. Because I know, like, Detroit loses Galladay. They did not sign another Galladay. So Detroit has to be I looking... I think Galladay would have been too expensive. Yeah. For sure, but I'm saying like Detroit. All right, so they got they got the 22nd pick. Oh yeah. 53rd, 85th, 100th, 126, 166, blah blah blah. That 53rd is that pick who they're targeting being, in the in the back end of the first? Their 53rd pick could end up being a wide receiver. This class. Goes yeah, but is that player going to be better than Josh Reynolds? Not necessarily. I'm just saying. Do you feel like they're going to target one? I feel like Josh Reynolds is their number two. I agree with you. But don't you feel like they'll probably be targeting a wide receiver to add to that core just based on who they have left? Yeah, it would make sense. I know um, they lost two corners. Yeah, they lost a safety. Adore. They lost, yeah. Uh, Butler. Mm-hmm. They lost Butler, too. Um, a linebacker that I can't remember the name of. And another defensive player. Uh, defensive end, so they. I think they'll be plugging in more defense than offense, especially when they're just basing most of their offense off of Derrick Henry as it is. I'd be surprised if that twenty-two you know, pick wasn't a defensive player, unless yeah. they're looking for. They might even trade up. I was about to say if they trade up, it could be to look for a quarterback behind Tannehill, if they like somebody in this class, or. Again, one of the more elite defensive players up top. Um, I know I don't necessarily like the guy, but Sean Wade is one of the guys that still gets a lot of noise made about being, you know, one of the corners coming out. I personally would pass, but, you know, he has an Ohio State pedigree. He got cooked. He got cooked too many times when I was watching Ohio State. I wasn't huge on watching college football this year, Um, but every time I turn on the TV, I watched somebody ran past him. It was Sean Wade getting cut. Yeah, I watched somebody running past him. It was Devontae Smith him. going for 200. It was Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. I know the dude out of Indiana cooked him. Um, there's a couple guys. And again, we say this wide receiving class is deep. But even if it's deep, you shouldn't be getting torched the way you were against the guys if you're if you're supposedly the number one lockdown corner coming out of the draft. But I guess we'll have to exactly, wait and see yeah. how it works out for him. But, yeah, I feel like this draft is going to be pretty exciting if you like watching offensive guys get drafted, um, especially wide receivers. Last year had quite a bit, but I feel like this year has the potential, especially with all the quarterbacks getting drafted as well. Teams are going to want to put wide receivers to come in with them as well and have them grow together and hope they strike gold. You know, hope they could have a Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes type situation where they just continue the same career track as a team. One of the biggest guys yeah. out there, I feel like, that is getting the most noise recently. Um, interesting to see where he lands in the draft is Kyle Pitts. Oh, yeah. I guess he ran... four four six. I forget the actual time. He ran a four four yeah, six. Yeah, I mean, fast. Nuts. You know, I wouldn't mind the Niners drafting him as well. Uh, what do you do? Th- like, okay, if you draft him... We run that two. Oh, you're running a two tight end set, or are you just gonna put him out there as a wide receiver? A million times. Because like he could be both. I was about to say you could put him in the slot, and then he could be your Michael Thomas. I mean, we can put George Kittle as a as a receiver. Yeah, exactly. Like we have the guys, but anyway, that's just a dream. Yeah. Um. Obviously, there is too many free agent signings to go, all in one podcast. Those are just ones that we thought were very impactful. Yeah, on the offensive side of the ball uh, you, specifically. I mean, we, yeah. hit, we probably have some uh, honorable next, next mentions. Next episode, we'll jump into defense. 100%. We have guys like David Moore. Oh, David Moore left. I didn't even notice that. 
David Moore left Seattle, went to Carolina. Um, uh, Sanders went from New Orleans to the Bills. Yeah, that's a really good signing for the we Bills. We didn't give that one enough talk. But really good signing by the Bills. Unfortunately, I feel like it stunts for sure. Glenn Davis's growth, but it it'll be solid for the team as a whole to have Diggs and Sanders to go to. And then Glenn is your third receiver. There's a lot of third worst third receivers you can have. Um, Philip Lindsay, one year deal uh, to he, Houston. He might not step into that third receiver role because Cole Beasley's still there, and Cole Beasley came on. That is true. Very, very nice. That is true. Uh, as a, as the safety blanket, other than Knox, he might get rescinded to the bench, but I hope not. He had a decent showing as a rookie, um, compared to like where he got drafted. He definitely outperformed some of those first round guys. He outperformed guys like Jalen Rager, who got hurt, um, and Denzel Mims, who just. Outside of being hurt, couldn't get on the same also page. Also got hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who else on offense? It's hard to do it in quick. four games of the season. Uh, there's Chris Carson who resigned. That was a bit surprising. I figured he'd be in a new home, but he he was good. He stayed. Anybody else you could think of? Uh, notable. Um, Jamal Williams to Detroit. Uh, AJ Green to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Arizona gets another weapon if he can stay healthy, he can stay on the field. He won't be getting that the same coverage he, he used to get. He won't be getting double yeah. covered or that number one. So obviously, there's still plenty more free agents to talk about as well. Um, Ty Hilton still needs a home. Golden Tate, obviously, he's kind of old. Both those two. Mm-hmm. Gurley, if he can revive his career somewhere else. That's true. Uh, Le'Veon. James White. Larry, if he decides to come agent. back. Danny Amendola. Cordell P- Patterson, the GOAT. Duke Johnson, uh, still a fairly young back. Fournette. I don't know if he's resigning there uh, I, with the Bucks. I'd be surprised if he didn't, but you're right. He could go somewhere for the money. Chris Thompson, you know, there's a Jordan Reed, Matt Breda, Matt Breda. There you go. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty, plenty there. of free agents. So we might even have to jump into another episode. Yeah, AP. Uh, so you want to break it down for us, Mo? All right, yeah. Close this out for sure. So, um, just a quick rundown on the offensive free agents uh, that in the first couple weeks of signing we enjoyed seeing where they landed, seeing how they'll affect their teams, both uh, real-life football and fantasy football-wise. Um, we'll probably break into the next episode, going into defense um, and other moves that are happening around the NFL. But until next time, thanks for joining us. All right, y'all boys.